Aquí están los reyes, no formen calentura. Hello, Josh Colini with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Today, we're traveling to Matanzas, Cuba, long regarded as the source, la fuente, of many rich Afro-Cuban folkloric traditions. These ceremonial and secular Afro-Cuban musics are, I'm happy to tell you, alive and well. Now, groups like we are hearing, Reyes del Tambor, are being documented for the first time by Matanceros themselves. In the past, the music was only released commercially on Havana-based or non-Cuban imprints. Mira que no hay más nada, por eso mismo, mira, 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 échate para acá, deja la bobería que para estar en esa indina, tú tienes que ponerte al día. Mira, tienes que hacerte para acá, correrte para acá, no mira para acá. En mi ruta tiene clave y tiene un quimbara, 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 quimbamba. Ah, ah, es que te vuelve loco, que no entiendes nada. Esto no es culpa mía, eso tenlo bien presente. La culpa es de los reyes, vamos, que son los que le gustan a la gente, dice los That's Reyes del Tambor playing cutting-edge rumba in Matanzas, Cuba. On today's program, producer Harris Hasenstadt travels to Matanzas to investigate the story of Sandero El Almacen, the first record label and artist collective in Matanzas, Cuba. We'll hear from founder Luis Brown, co-principal Lilian Cedeño, and Afropop's own Ned Sublet, Neji. And of course, we'll hear lots of this city's spectacular Afro-Cuban folkloric music. First up, one of the city's oldest and most esteemed folkloric ensembles, Grupo Afro-Cuba de Matanzas, performing bata rumba, a style that combines rumba instruments, congas, jequeres, clave, woodblock, with ceremonial bata drums.
Now, Grupo Afro-Cuba de Matanzas performing Bata Rumba. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Okay, Harris, you went to Matanzas. What were you researching there? I was there studying Matanza-style bata drumming, which is quite different than the better-known Havana style. And I was there to learn about this new recording label, Sendero El Almacen. I'd seen their beautifully produced videos pop up on social media last year, and I wanted to find out what was going on. And the meaning of the names? Sendero means pathways, and El Almacen translates as the warehouse. Next up, some bonus material from the Ilukeke project, featuring an almost lost set of ceremonial bata drums. from Chango from the Inukeke project. Well, now let's find out exactly how these guys got started. Sendero founder, Luis Braun. It all started in 2007 during Cuba's largest music festival, which was Cuba Disco in the city of Havana. During the conference, I was shocked to discover that in the city, there has never been a recording studio or a label. A city that was once called the Athens of Cuba where a lot of different artistic, literary, and uh, musical manifestations were born, didn't actually have a recording label or an editorial label. In other words, we were not cataloging all of these treasures. And that's when Luis decided to take matters into his own hands. At the time, we discovered that there was actually no license, no permits. And over the course of the next six years, we knocked on every door possible, explaining what we wanted to do. I met a great visual artist, uh, Lilian Cedeño, that was also fighting on her own to bring visual artists into the mainstream. We decided to help each other. We were offered dilapidated and almost scary looking warehouse. So we organized local artists, we rescued the place, and we established uh, Matanza's first artist collective. That's Luis Bran, founder of Sandero Music and El Almacen the first homegrown record label from Matanzas, Cuba, dedicated to documenting the city's rich musical traditions. Now, here's another Sandero production. Music from the rumba group Los Matanceros.
from Los Matanceros, another of Matanza's esteemed folkloric groups, as documented on Sandero El Almacen's growing YouTube page. Harris spoke with Afropop's own Ned Sublet to get some perspective on the importance of Matanza's to Afro-Cuban music. Historically, there are two styles of rumba and of bata, Havana and Matanzas, and the two have long been connected because, as you know, Cuba got the railroad before Spain did. Matanzas and Havana were very, very connected, and they were very connected all through the various golden ages. And travel between Havana and Matanzas is still a frequent thing for many people in both cities. There is this very strong link between the two. I think this is part of what makes Cuban music so great is the diversity that it has that is still linked under one flag. And literally one flag, the fact that Oriente never broke off to become a separate French-speaking republic, for example, that there has always been island-wide political unity has allowed these very different cultures that grew largely in isolation from each other, especially in Eastern Cuba, to, in a sense, cross-fertilize with each other artistically. One of the big bangs of 20th century musical culture in Cuba was when the army was sent in the so-called Guerrita del Doce in 1912 from Western Cuba to Eastern Cuba to put down an uprising by the Partido Independiente de Color and its followers, which became an island-wide racist massacre. In the course of sending this army from the west to the east and back, this was a big transmission moment for Western Cuba things, Santeria, Rumba, to go east, and for Eastern Cuba things like Son, to go west. And these music cultures are always evolving, of course. That was a cross-fertilization between West and East that's very, very active today and which helps tie the island together culturally today. The fact that there is rumba in Santiago and there is son in Matanzas is very important in creating a national Cuban culture. And the third musical capital for me that you have to take into account, besides Havana and Santiago, and there are others, but Matanzas. Los Matanceros, a group which includes my first bata teacher from Matanzas, Gilberto El Indio Morales. Here's another bonus track from the Ilu Keke project, Songs and Rhythms for Babalu Aye, Orisha or Saint of Sickness and Healing. Why? 
Matanzas Cuba, ceremonial bata drums called Ilukeke, playing rhythms for the Orisha of sickness and healing, Babalu Aye. On Afropop Worldwide's Africa in Matanzas, Louis Brand explains how the Ilukeke project began. It's a project that started with the collaboration of Amanda Villepastor. Amanda is a professor and a lecturer at Cardiff University in Wales. I met Amanda in uh, 2012. Originally, I was hired as a translator to help her out on the research that she was doing on Anya. Anya is the religious deity, the Orisha, believed to live inside consecrated batadrams by Santeria practitioners in Cuba. Listeners can hear Villepastor speak at length about Anya on Afropop's recent hip-deep program, Ancient Text Messages. There's also an extended transcription of an interview Ned Sublet did with Villepastor, all at afropop.org. Ilu Keke is the name of a drum. Ilu means drum, and Keke means a small town or city. Ilu Keke is a drum that belonged to the municipality of Sidra. Sidra is on the outskirts of Matanzas. And it was a drum that, through family lineage, was abandoned or was not used for many years. Through Amanda's research, uh, we have now discovered that this drum dates back from the time uh, when the first sets of drums actually appear in this province. So the discovery is monumental. The drum has been restored. We brought it back to the city. And the second step was, given that this was such an old drum, such an important religious part of our city, we set with the idea of bringing the oldest surviving musicians that play this style to actually execute and play this drum. The recording comes accompanied with great, uh, great research that Amanda is doing on Anya, on Bata drumming, and specifically this drum. It is a source of pride nowadays. Uh, this is probably the most in-demand religious drum that is played in the city of Matanzas. Now, Harris, did Sandero approach the recording like a ceremony or like a studio session? They approached it more like a ceremony than a polished studio recording, capturing the way a ceremony actually sounds. Agua 
Songs and Rhythms for Babalu Aye, recorded in Matanzas, Cuba by Sendero Music on Afropop Worldwide. Remember the young lions from the beginning of the show, Reyes del Tambor? Well, here's some more from their upcoming album, Intrapuentas de Rumberos. Del Tambor, moving rumba forward in Matanzas. So the label is documenting and releasing ceremonial and secular music? They certainly are. And Reyes del Tambor, the kings of the drums, are a perfect example of the label's interest in supporting the work of younger groups as well as older masters. I asked Luis about the title of the recording. The name of the CD is called Entre Puentes de Rumberos, and it speaks about all the different neighborhoods within the city. For example, for me to go to play a rumba into another section of the city, I have to cross a bridge. Rumberos from Pueblo Nuevo, which is the other barrio, have to cross a bridge to come into the city. So it's almost like uh, bridging the gaps between all of these bridges and playing music in the center of town after crossing all of the bridges. Mira, 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 échate pa' acá, deja la bobería que pa' estar en esa indina, tú tienes que ponerte al día. Mira, tienes que irte pa' acá, correte pa' acá, no mira pa' acá. 
En mi rumba tiene clave y tiene un kimbara, 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 kimbamba. Ah, ah, es que te vuelve loco, que no entiendes nada. Esto no es culpa mía, eso tenlo bien presente. La culpa es de los reyes, vamos, que son los que le gustan a la gente. Dice los Levi. Dale ahí, dale ahí. No te lo dije, pero ya yo lo sabía. Échate pa' acá, déjate de bobería. No te lo dije, pero ya yo lo sabía. Échate pa' acá, déjate de bobería. Que los reyes no acaban todavía. Échate pa' acá, déjate de bobería. Oye, no te lo dije, pero ya yo lo sabía. del tambor from the upcoming recording Intrapuentas de Rumberos. Well, Sandero also has their eye on groups from outside Matanzas. Here is one from Camagüey called Rumbata.
Bata from Camagüey, Cuba. Ooh, smoking. We asked Luis how the recording came about. During the week of culture here that happened last year, it was a funny story. They was it was raining, so they canceled shows. So Camagüey is a long ways ago. So the guys were sitting at the bus ready to go back, and we felt like you know the show must go on. In the facilities of El Almacén, we have a huge portal or an awning that spreads into the street. We had some lights, we had some mics. Fito, our son, man, decided, you know what, I could actually go into the shop, bring cables, we'll set up, and let's, let's have them play. No electricity, it was really dark, and we had them play. They play, you know, as happy as if they were, the, the festival was still going, little by little the people trickled in. So what you'll hear is that specific day, so that canceled performance, that turned into an impromptu concert. They played some rumbas from Havana and they played a lot of rumbas from Matanzas. And I think it was a way of paying homage to the local people. Talk about capitalizing on an opportunity. Coming up, more Afro-Cuban folkloric music from Matanzas. Visit afropop.org to see some of the Sandero El Almacen's incredible videos of the groups we've been checking out. And read Harris's extended interviews with Luis Brand and Liliam Cedeño. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Harris, Sandero El Almacen has shown such great determination getting their enterprise off the ground. And they're looking outward beyond their city limits. I asked Ned Sablet about the significance of Sandero recording groups from other places in Cuba besides Matanzas. Growing a music power in Matanzas benefits everybody because it's underdeveloped Cuban potential. This is something completely homegrown that can bring glory and prosperity to the hometown and to Cuba. But any recording studio is going to have people come from out of town. I could really see people from Havana coming to Matanzas to enjoy that different feel. Same reason people like to go to New Orleans to record. Matanzas is about an hour from the capital. Is it connected to Havana? Is it a suburb? No, it's not. I don't see it as such. What it is, is underdeveloped. Matanzas should be beyond where it is now. So what needs to be done? People are fiending to go hear Rumba in Matanzas and there isn't a good hotel. That's what I mean by it's not developed enough. The development has gone into Varadero, which is a you know one of the great money machines. And that's down the road. So, since Matanzas isn't a tourism center, and tourism is the engine that is driving things, it's all the more urgent to develop it as a producing center of music. Well, I hear you, Ned. Time to usher in a golden age of Matanzas music. But how? There's more that could be done with this as well. But this also is part of generating known, recognizable figures. Now, for me, One of the things that made the Muñequitos so very great 
Ned's referring to Los Muñequitos de Matanzas, the internationally renowned rumba group. Every one of them was a star. John, Paul, George, and Ringo were not realer figures to me. You could have made a great reality show. And that may yet happen. My good friend, Ned Sublet, only half joking about how entertaining the real housewives of Matanzas could actually be. Ned, Matanzas-style rumba must still be evolving, right? The rumba was always utterly inclusive. All kind of stuff can go into the rumba. Rumba's a basis that can absorb anything. It's not like the museum depiction of Wawankoyambu, Colombia, although that has its very important place. But all these styles are still alive today in the street and flow in and out of the thing.
was Rumbata from Kamagwe. Now here's Bira Montagna. Sea Santísimo. Sea. Sea Santísimo. Sea. Padre mía de la caridad. Ayúdanos, amparanos. En el nombre de Dios, ay Dios, ala. Bira Montaña, performing a Palo ceremony. Palo is another Afro-Cuban religion practiced in Matanzas today. I asked Luis to explain how a ceremony begins. The recording starts with a cajón. It's a cajón espiritual that often Congalese or practitioners of the religion usually play. And it's played on boxes. And the recording that you will hear is a piece where they're actually giving thanks to the saints or the people, the religious deities that they venerate. We're not talking about the Yoruba Pantheon, we're talking about the Congolese Pantheon. So there's evocations of people like Saraban. Because of the syncretism within Cuba with the Catholic Pantheon, you'll hear a lot of mentions of El Santísimo or the Virgin in the recording. I asked Luis if recording a ceremony changed it in any way. I don't think it changed, and that's the beautiful thing of what we're doing here. For years, People from the United States, from Canada, from Europe did that for us because we didn't have the technology. Anything that I would see on uh, YouTube or I would see on the media, they were great recordings, but they were done by foreigners. Locals recording locals, working together to represent their community. Man, that's beautiful. Fast forward 15 years, we now painstakingly got in some gear we knew we had a great music school and technicians for video and sound. There's a difference when groups are presented with money or a payment to do a commercial recording than when locals come in to record their own music. This is a great opportunity that we have started without disrespecting the people and the congregation to capture all of these rituals. And in many cases, the people recording, the technicians are also practitioners and brothers within the religion of the people that are there capturing, which is a fantastic thing. So I don't think it diminishes the intent because it's all between the family. Very inspiring. More from Bira Montaña.
That's from a ceremony by Bira Montaña, a Palo spiritual family in Matanzas, Cuba. Man, that's a beautiful idea. Recording a religious ceremony by insiders instead of outside observers. The participants end up sharing a ceremony as authentic as if the recording was not even rolling. I asked Ned Sablet about the importance of recording these ceremonial musics. That's so important because history doesn't exist in music until you have recordings. We don't know what Palo ceremonies sounded like in the 19th century. We know they existed, but we don't know what music sounded like until we have recordings. Everything before that, all those notations, those are mnemonics, those are ways to reproduce a performance, doesn't tell us what the music sounded like. And everybody writing about music knows, go to the discography because that doesn't lie. You know, you have to understand the colorations it puts on things and the way it transforms music, but that's your primary documentation. And this is a musical biodiversity, that which exists in Matanzas, that it's vitally important to record every scrap of you can get. There's all kind of stuff that could die out in the next generation and will in any case have transformed in the next generation into something else because music never stands still. We're coming in at a fairly late day on documenting Afro-Cuban ritual music of Matanzas, but it's not right to wait any longer. from the Congolese-derived Palo religion. Now, Harris, we keep referring to these guys as both a recording label and art collective. Because in addition to recording music, they also teach workshops for youth across all artistic disciplines. Here's the collective's co-founder, Lilium Cedeno. Essentially, what we're trying to do is open ourselves to all of the different artistic manifestations, and our job is to fuse them to create other avenues of collaboration, specifically citing the work that John Cage did. Composer John Cage spent a lifetime combining music with other art forms. I start with having a production house, with the mission to promote the most alternative and also folkloric of our art artistic production. How about the work El El Masen does with students? The work that we do with the middle school students from the music program from the National School of the Arts and also the work that we've done with the University of Matanzas, trying to teach the young generation about the importance of fusing all of these art forms. But what might folkloric music and contemporary art have in common? I think where um, the most uh, avant-garde and the most folkloric manifestations will come together is in our daily lives. In the process of artistic creation is where we meet to understand that regardless of the art form, this is a legacy that we're leaving. And that's exactly where we meet, is in the creative process. Regardless of your walk of life, we're all creating. Hmm, fascinating the old school and the new school somehow related. 
lo folclórico y the most avant-garde expression and the most folkloric expression have a point in common and that's creation so what's next for El Almacén? Como te decía, nosotros estamos We're adding to one of the missions of El Almacén, which is to add people to our cause from all walks of life. She respects a great deal all of the beliefs. Somebody might be believing in the you know, Afro-Cuban religion, some might not. Art implicates all of us. Culture implicates all of us. Culture implicates us all. Wow, beautifully put. It sounds like Sendero El Almacén is headed in the right direction. She's finding out that El Almacén has many friends. There's a lot of people that join us. Everywhere we go, we have lots of friends. We know El Almacén is walking. El Almacén is walking, indeed. And that was Liliam Cedeño, translated by Luis Brown, leaders of Sendero El Almacén's Matanza's first independently run recording studio and artist collective on Afropop Worldwide. Cuba de Matanzas from Sendero El Albacen's YouTube page. And after the positive vibes from President Obama's visit to Cuba this week, we'll be watching how it affects independent organizations like Sendero El Almacén. Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts that believes a great nation deserves great arts. And from PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the US. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from Nonsuch Records, presenting Rokia Traore's latest international release, No So, and her U.S. tour this spring. More info on the web, nonsuch.com. And from the world-famous Apollo Theater, presenting Africa Now 2016, featuring Bombino from Niger, Mokumba from Zimbabwe, Jojo Abbott from Ghana, and Alsara and the Nubatones from Sudan on Saturday, March 26th. More information at apollotheater.com. Thanks to Luis, Indy, and Pablo Bran, Lilian Cedeño, Alieski Perez, Yosel Medina, Fito, Adalberto Perez, Puchito, and all the folks at Sendero El Almacén 
Ned Sublet, Amanda Villepastor, and Marcus Milius for their help with this program. Visit afropop.org for Harris's extended interviews with Louis Brand and Lilian Cedeno. And Sandero El Almacen's beautifully produced videos of many of the groups we've been listening to on today's show. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Harris Eisenstadt. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Mike Kaplan and Stephanie Lebeau. Manning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Atane Ofiadja. And I'm Georges Collinet.